Everything you know about health is about to change. Welcome to Straight Talk on Health with Dr. Vincent Medici. Sometimes people suffer not from lack of faith, but from lack of knowledge. This is the show that changes that. If you are tired of being sick, tired of not getting answers, tired of spinning in circles, for healing is not a mystery. It is a miracle that you were designed to experience. It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning. Happy Saturday. I hope the sun is shining in your soul. I hope the rain on your face makes you happy. That's a sign of health. But generally what I see in the rain are people speeding. Now, I don't know what that is about human nature that when you're in your nice warm car listening to your nice favorite tune, you've got to do an extra 20 miles an hour on the freeway and hydroplane. I don't get that one, but every time it rains, that's what happens. And it's happening now. The rain is supposed to make you want to go out in the rain, naked, as little clothing as possible, and have that cold rain pellet your body to produce a hypothermic reaction as a healthy response. In fact, we all know a lot of the monks, as in Tibet, as in Mount Everest, the Himalayas, they go up there, and you know the story. They get up there, and it's below zero, and they throw these wet sheets on their body. This has been studied in science. This isn't esoteric. And they meditate. And as they meditate over hours, people watch, observers, scientists. I think, what was his name? Ruben or Rubenstein? The guy that ran a lot of this science 30, 40 years ago. All of a sudden, steam comes off those wet sheets in zero-degree temperatures. And what the monks are burning is their brown fat. Brown fat, not yellow fat. Brown fat is the fat babies have more of, which is used in terms of metabolism to produce much higher rates of it. Stuff happens that's good when you burn brown fat. And no, you just don't decide you're going to burn brown fat by hanging out, smoking a cigarette, watching your sitcom. It's a training like everything else is a training. Thus, the monks practice of it. But you start simulating the feeling, at least, when you do these sorts of cold, hot therapies. And you can get just a tiding of it in the rain. Better yet, like my practice in the rain, I like to go in the water. Now, on weekdays, meaning weak, meaning if I don't feel strong, that's not what I tend to gravitate towards. But on strong days, and I have a lot of those, at the end of a workout, my body wants to go into the ocean. And on a cloudy day when it's raining, the feeling of coming out of the ocean in those conditions is nothing like it. Nothing. Nothing. People that train outdoors know this feeling, and we're losing this feeling. In other words, look at the last week or two in California. 
you can see it. People are starting to really get edgy now. We've had enough. We've had enough. We know the flowers need it, but we've had enough rain. And you see more and more. I have seen more and more definitely people working harder to avoid this cold rain. It ought to be the opposite. Now, based upon that, I decided to do a show today largely connected to water. The water inside you. Something related to do you need alkaline water? Do you need the water you buy as opposed to the $10,000 filtration system you put in and so on and so forth? And the name that you have to respect in this whole water debate. And then I'm going to get to acid alkaline because it's very tied into water. The name you have to respect is Victor Schauberger. Victor Schauberger. Get his book called The Water Wizard and open yourself up to this absolute genius whose life was spent in the forest, but in the European noble tradition, meaning he was a forester, meaning he was fourth generation in a legacy of, I think it was Austrians, who were given the responsibility of taking care of large, massive tracts of forest for the Austrian nobility. I believe it was Austrian. Victor Schauberger, the fertile earth. Victor Schauberger, the water wizard. He's got a bunch of books, absolute genius, off the chart, about how your forests are supposed to be maintained. And one of his understandings was the intricate relationship, you know, like this should be a surprise, of water to the forest. So on one hand, we have that. On the other hand, there's the term agricultural urine. Agricultural urine is the term some of us apply to the water that we grow our vegetables and plants in that we give our animals to drink, that, well, we don't drink it ourselves. We don't drink agricultural urine. We drink a different type of urine through the faucet, thus the need for bottled water and purification systems, not the point of the show, but there is a term agricultural urine to denote the gross excrement that we try to grow our plants with, meaning the vegetables you eat including organic food. So get that one straight, please. Get that straight. Yeah, you go to Whole Foods, you go to Mother's, you go to all these slick places, spend twice as much for produce grown with agricultural urine, meaning the most toxic, waste-side, radiative, radioactive, acidifying garbage. And I'll comment on that later. Now, it's raining today. If you grow plants, if you grow roses like I do, you'll notice that in water, natural rain, even if it's acid rain, it grows much better. Plants always take a big boost when it rains, as opposed to a regular watering cycle. You can see right off the bat that whatever is coming out of the clouds is lending to your roses Something that 
your water systems aren't. And it is not, I assure you, a matter of toxicities in the water that are not up in the air because they're probably about equal. What I'm telling you is, is there is a different magnetic field around the water coming out of the sky. And this is the way you have to understand water. It's also the way you have to understand the body. The body's mostly water, so to talk about the benefit of water as magnetically driven, well, you have to quickly see that that's how you have to talk about the body as magnetically driven. Schauberger understood the swirl of water. And I'm just going to leave you with that because it's five shows, really, to delineate that, most of which no one's going to understand without pictures anyhow. And I'm not talking about the popularized notions of some of our physicists today, talking about the imprints water makes and the rest of it. This is all this groovy stuff that doesn't translate into what Schauberger translated it. His forests grew different. He understood how to make those worms in the soil bark with life from the water. So let me start today's show that way. Now, let me move to the more central topic, and that is the pH, the acid-alkaline balance of the space between the cells, the extracellular matrix. And again, this does not mean the blood. And again, when you ask your healthcare practitioners who you trust, hopefully not most of your medical doctors, about pH, and here, well, pH doesn't mean anything because the blood basically buffers its pH between one-tenth of a point. And, of course, this is true. And, of course, this is ignorance because, of course, this has nothing to do with the topic today. It's the wrong space. We're not talking about the pH of the blood. We're talking about the pH of the space between your cells. And, of course, then there's the space inside your cells. So you got to understand 3D. 3D is where are you, and where are you is inside a capillary or a, a vein or an artery, meaning you're inside the blood space. pH is regulated there. We're not having this discussion. Then there's pH meaning the acid alkaline, meaning the concentration of proteins, a hydrogen molecule stripped of its electron becomes a positive charge, a mere naked positive charge called a proton. Protons are traded off in chemical reactions as pawns. They're like pennies. Throw a penny, take a penny. Throw a penny, take a penny. I'll try to explain how that shifts the whole magnetic field of the organism. And protons in a higher concentration increase acidity, and protons in a lower concentration decrease acidity, acidity or increase alkalinity. Now, what does this really mean, and why does the variability of pH, and there is, from 5 all the way to 7, why does that variability in pH mean so much? Well, if you just take the time... And perhaps I'll throw a few pictures on the show to understand that when you have a compound, 
when you have a chemical moiety, a chemical entity, and you take off a proton, that chemical entity is given a negative charge because its positive charge was taken away. And when you add a proton to a chemical entity, not take one away, adding a proton will change the structure of what takes the proton on, just like taking a proton off will change the structure of what had the proton taken away. So changing structures means adding and taking off protons. And as you're changing structures, you're changing resonances. As you're changing resonances, the whole world changes. The magnetic fields change and the world changes. Now we come in there with our little pH meters and we just understand this in terms of what we call a chemical reaction that we see on a pH meter when there are more protons or less protons in that critical space. Now, all of you guys out there who were swearing about, well, I'm changing my pH, and if I'm changing my pH, this must be a good thing. You're in the right direction, but you're really wrong. You're really wrong at the same time. Because the truth is that sometimes the body wants very high concentrations of protons in a space. You know what that's called? High acidity. And sometimes the body wants, depending on what? The organ, the space in the organ, the place. There's a difference between your brain and your toe for most of us. There's a difference between the cells of the heart, and the cells of the kidney. There's a difference between the cells that line the digestive tube, the epithelial cells, and the neurons of the brain, the cells of the brain. There's big differences between these cells, and based on those differences and the environments around those cells, does the body mandatorily change the pHs? That's really important to understand. So this blanket statement, alkaline good, is ignorant, truly. I'll give you an example. Those of you with those knobs, those arthritic knobs in your knuckles, those big, ugly, bulbous things that deform your hand, that your doctor will term osteoarthritis if it hurts and just old age if it doesn't hurt. All of this is going on all over the body. This is from the deposition, meaning the depositing of something called calcium pyrophosphate or calcium hydroxyapatite. It's a buildup of grit that's occurring in your joints. Now, if you were to cut off your finger and pull open your skin, or better yet, don't cut off your finger. Just slice the skin open and peel it until you could touch those lumps of calcium hydroxyapatite. And you paint that, okay, with a solution that's highly acidic, like apple cider vinegar. 
like acetic acid. You paint on a bunch of hydrogen ions. That mass of that lump will dissolve. Calcium dissolves in acid. If you take the shell of an egg, an eggshell, an egg, and you put it in vinegar, the shell gets soft. That's acid. In which case you can say an environmental pH that's acid bears a special benefit. Well, then what are you running around with this idea about keeping your body alkaline? If the solution, if the fluids around that lump in your fingers, if that solution is alkaline, you'll never dissolve it. Now there, that contradicts holistic mentality. I'll give you another one. Infection. We know that chronic infection thrives. So biofilms, places in the body that harbor disease, infectiously related. We know that these places thrive in an alkaline environment. And there's literature through breath technique of people versed in Tai Chi, Qigong, yoga, all the different indices of how to use breath to produce stimulation of the thyroid to produce high states of acidity throughout the body to do what? To actually kill infection. Wim Hof did it. If you basically take Wim Hof did it, others have done it for thousands of years. If you basically take and use breath or however you want to induce high acidity in the body, you are immune to disease. To infection, I should say. Chronic infection, it doesn't matter what it is, dies in acidity. If you can bring the acidity of the body high enough, or I should say the pH low enough, that's how you become immune to infection. And these feats are even done in circus form, meaning to show people just what breath can do upon inoculation of typhoid and other types of serious streptococcus. That's how Hoff did it. Again, that doesn't make sense. And again, it proves my point. The body, depending on its task, will beg the organism to produce temporary high states of acidity to get the job done, to break biofilms so infections can cease, to dissolve crystals in the body that will dissolve in, in vinegar, so to speak, high acidic conditions, which is really important to keep in mind because it gives a much greater depth to this idea that you have to be alkaline all the time. You don't have to be alkaline all the time. You have to be alkaline most of the time. The body generally prefers the intercellular, your extracellular, the space between the cells. The space inside the cells is always kept at the correct pH. The blood is always kept at the correct pH. There's all sorts of buffer mechanisms in the cell that keep it stable and 
in the blood, et cetera, that keep it stable. The variation is huge in the extracellular space, and that variation should respect the particular condition or desired effect to benefit the body. In short, sometimes you go into extreme states to get the job done, and then you pop back out. And that's a much better way for you to understand what we mean by acid and alkaline. This is so important because chronic infection is a very specialized organism. A very specialized situation where your bugs are hiding in biofilms. Those are sacs that resist antibiotics that will resist your so-called health food, healthy lifestyles inducing extreme levels of alkalinity or even what we call the healthy levels of alkalinity. So when we have therapies like hydrogen peroxide therapy, hydrogen peroxide therapy, hydrochloric acid therapy, there's two therapies. Read Guy Bryant's HCL therapy written in the 20s and then Look up yourself, hydrogen peroxide therapy, and understand there's two therapies. Look up Baird T. Spalding, Baird T. Spalding, Masters of Wisdom, Volume 5, on how the yogics would use breath to produce extreme acidity and then swallow stuff like typhoid. They would purposely inoculate themselves and then use breath technique to stimulate the thyroid and show no response to disease. Wim Hof did that in a similar fashion. Crazy, mysterious, interesting, wonderful, joyful world out there, including rainstorms and ocean waves. God bless you. We'll see you next week, guys. Ta-ta. Okay, that's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week.